Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Everybody, welcome back. Noel, thy enemy. I know that you guys are probably listening to this on a glorious Friday, maybe even a Saturday, right before that nooner at Sleepy Wake Forest. But I am here to get you ready for the game. But it ain't about me, Trey Rowland. It's about the man, the big brain, Dane Draper. Dane, how you doing, baby? They're undefeated. We're undefeated in our predictions. Life's good. (laughs) <laughs> life is good trey uh yeah i'm doing pretty well man i'm excited to be doing this one i'm excited too dude because florida state needs to get a little revenge against these nerds up in winston-salem it has been far too long i think three losses in a row i don't mike norvell has never beat wake forest it has been a tough nut for us to crack but i think this year is going to be different a little preview of how we think this game is going to go just to kind of give you the give you the kind of rundown on the type of season wake forest has been having this year uh markedly different than last year i would say they're four and three um and a lot of those wins as wake is want to do they do like to kind of feast on a non-conference schedule it's all about making the bowl game and trying to go 500 it has been better than 500 in conference but they got to win over elon 36 to 20 win over Vanderbilt. They squeak by Old Dominion 27 to 24 in their last game. They beat Pitt 21 to 17. <sighs> Narduzzi's boys, rough. And they got some losses. Uh, lost to Georgia Tech 30 to 16. Close one to Clemson 17 to 12. Lo- they lost to VT 30 to 13. That loss isn't looking as bad in hindsight. If anybody's watching the Dino Babers retirement game tonight, uh, it's pretty gross. Like, so VT may be a little bit better, which makes our win look more impressive. So I'm good with it. As always, kind of going to like the advanced analytics, the nerd stuff, as we like to call it. S&P Plus, just how good of a team do the advanced analytics think Wake Forest is? Eh. 63rd best team in the country. Not great, Bob. With the 73rd best offense in the country, which is alarming when you think about that, like that vaunted Wake Forest offense. Obviously, they lost Sam Hartman. They lost a lot of talent at receiver. Um, if you guys want to know more about like the structure of that slow mesh just offense, if, you're, if your eyeballs can handle it, Evan Little did a fantastic breakdown of it. Well, you will become an expert in it. You could be a uh, you could be a, a GA for Wake Forest and stealing signs like you're like you're one of Jim Harbaugh's boys. You can just become an expert in that slow mesh if you want. But the craziest thing to me, Dane, is they're the 73rd best offense this year in S&P Plus. Guess what they were last year with Sam Hartman and all those receivers? Probably a, a little bit higher, I would, I would imagine. Eighth. <laughs> yeah, S&P it's... Plus had them as the eighth best offense in the country last year, a drop of 65 spots, dude, out of control. So it's just they don't look anything like Wake of last year, no matter what plays they're running. 48th best defense, which is pretty pedestrian, and 54th best special teams. As always, just to kind of give you an idea of where Florida State stacks up at the same metrics, 
They have us as the 11th best team in the country. <laughs> Disagree. 12th best off and 17th best defense. Number one. Number one in special teams. I'm going to tell you something, Dame. Strength of record, advanced analytics. It's not looking good for Wake Forest. I mean, other than the odd somnambulant environment of a noon game at Wake Forest, it doesn't seem like Florida State's going to have a lot of trouble with these guys, at least from just kind of looking at it from a big picture perspective, right? Yeah, I I do agree. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I, it's just not, against this Florida State team, it's kind of a, it's difficult to stack up, I feel like, and, and maybe the magic of old Snucky Hill will, you know, act up or something, but it's just, I think it's going to come down to Wake not being able to score a whole lot of points against FSU and the defense not being talented enough overall to, you know, hold FSU or nothing. Yeah, and normally we start out with the, the opposing team's better unit, which would be the Wake defense. Not so fast, my friend. I want to talk about their offense, number one, just because they got a quarterback situation. Number two, because I kind of want to laugh at the demise of the slow mesh this year, because that has just been a a, a titanic size thorn stabbing Florida State fans right under the floating rib every single year. Is it all Sam Hartman leaving? Who's going to play quarterback for Wake, Dane? And what do, you, what do you know about what's going on at that position, depending on which one of those guys plays? I don't think it is all Sam Hartman leaving, because I feel like the, the talent's just a lot different than it was last year. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of that's been injury-related. Like, you lose A.T. Perry to the draft, and then their best receiver, or one of their best receivers, Jamal Banks, is probably their best. But Donovan Green, you know, one of their better players, he's out for the year, too. Um, then they've had and kind of riddled with injuries in the offensive line this year too. But yeah, Mitch Griffiths, there was really like, like coming into the year, this wake offense wasn't supposed to have this massive drop off. Um, no, they were supposed to be the stronger unit. Like they usually are. And it's really been kind of flipped on its head, but, um, but Mitch Griffiths, he's last year as a redshirt freshman. He um, kind of came in as like spot duty. I think he played in the bowl game, maybe another game or two in the season, but he was sure. really good. And um and there was optimism that, like, you know, there really wouldn't be much drop off at the quarterback position at all, especially in this kind of system that is Dave Clawson's offense. But, um, I mean, I think he's showed some young age for sure. He's thrown a handful of interceptions. He hasn't been super sharp. And uh, he hasn't been as good as is expected, I think. But he's also been really banged up. And that's very relevant for this game because he, he missed last week and he's – been clear to play this week and uh dave clausen i believe has kind of left it up to like a game time decision kind of feels like the riley riley leonard situation last week to be honest we think it's going to be the same outcome as that situation we, we expect to see mitch griffiths on the first snap for wake forest is that what you expect dane um i i really don't know um Lawson's talking like that's what's going to happen even more yeah. so def- more definitively than like even elko did last week at least from what i've heard yeah yeah i think um I mean, it's an interesting one. Like, I think if he, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have a great read on it. I, <laughs> hey, if, dude, if, if he you does don't know, play, that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> if he does play, I think it's, he, he will be, you know, hobbled. He will be limited. And I don't think he's a good enough player to where you can expect like good quarterback play with any hindrance to the player, you know, due to injury. Absolutely. And we saw, and it, if Wake is trying to play four and three right now, probable loss coming against us, 
trying to play for a bowl game like they always are trying to play for the postseason does it make sense to kind of go out there and risk further injury against an absolute unit of a defensive line in florida state it does not work out well when the young bull braden fisk is is rushing for you and your life is flashing before your eyes not great so if mitch plays and he gets hurt or if he doesn't play who's the other guy that's going to show up in this game the other guy is the guy who who played last week against Pitt and they won the game, but his name is Santino Marucci. Oh, I like. I like that. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, dude. Tony yeah, just went to go. Italy. I think I think he like made out with a Santino Marucci or something. Oh, like nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach's actually familiar with this guy. Not related to what you just said, but Zach is familiar <laughs> with this guy. He um as a South Florida guy, he uh Marucci was the quarterback of uh South Florida Express, a seven-on-seven group. Uh-oh. Um, I think that's kind of – I don't know. It's just kind of funny. But this guy is a second-year quarterback for them. Against Pitt, like – well, it's kind of – honestly, his story is kind of interesting. Uh, he's a second or third year. I think he's a third-year guy. Okay. Um, because of my notes – yes, he's a second-year quarterback. I'm like, you know, looking at my stuff. But he's a second-year quarterback but a third-year guy for them because last year – he was a quarterback in 2021 – and then and last year, um, due to some like depth issues and stuff, he played he practiced at safety and at running back for them. Oh, Santino, he's got all yeah. he's got all the tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, versatile athlete. Um, I don't think he's a special athlete, but he's you know, he that kind of stuff. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then this year again, they uh, they moved him back to quarterback and he's had to he's had to play for him. Um, but against Pitt, I don't think he looked great i mean he's a very inexperienced quarterback obviously i think that was the first game action he's had was last week and it was definitely his first start all right well, but, we'll um, see if, uh, so what do you what do you think if you, if you could prefer what would you prefer to play against would you prefer to play against a banged up mitch griffiths or would you rather uh prefer to play against uh Polly walnuts the old safety I, here <laughs> i think the latter honestly um He's so inexperienced. He, he really didn't do much last week. I don't think they asked him to do much at all last week. Mm-hmm. And I mean that like, like hyperbolically. They, like, um, I mean, I was watching some of their game and there's just, like multiple scenarios where it's third and long and they just run the ball because they don't want to ask him to throw the ball in third and long. To <laughs> they know, they know yeah. what's going to happen. I got you. He, he threw two picks. Um, I think he only threw 21 passes. He just... I think the offense will probably look different if he plays. It'll probably be that again, where you know they kind of rely on on establishing a run game of sorts. Um, maybe with him involved too, because we know he is you know somewhat of an athlete or decent athlete, probably. Okay. Well, uh, versus Griffiths, who's one would be hobbled, so his legs wouldn't be as much involved, I would think, and also he's just a, a better passer. Well, we'll see. If it's either Mitch or Furio, we've got you guys covered to know what to expect. All right, so we talked about a lot of injuries. Wake, particularly the last couple of years, has been like a little under-the-radar wide receiver factory. What about this year? Yeah, that's – um. I mean, it's definitely true, and I, I think it's probably true again for him this year. Like, it's – it was a wide receiver I, – I don't know if you call it underrated because – at this point, I feel like you expect them to be pretty good mm-hmm. at that position. But, yeah, I, I think they have a pretty good unit. Um, Jamal Banks is a returner for them. He's, like, their top guy. Last year, he was really good for them. He's, he's stud, kind of, yeah. Yeah, a big 6'4", dude. He's one of the best, like, jump ball, contested catch type guys in the ACC. He leads their team in targets and yards and touchdowns. Like, he's he's definitely their guy. Um, 
on the outside there is kind of I mean, I feel like in this offense, you need a guy on the outside that can that can win deep, and he's mm-hmm. just definitely that. But um, outside of him, really, you have including him, you have like three main guys in that okay. receiver room who are experienced and, um, you know, get most of the targets and stuff. Uh, but Taylor Marin and Keyshawn Williams are the other two. Uh, they're kind of smaller, like slot bodies, but but sure. pretty yeah, guys, solid players. Yeah, I mean, FSU fans are probably if you keep track of personnel and stuff from years past. Like those are not new names. I think Keyshawn Williams did some pretty good stuff against FSU last year too. Um, And Wesley Grimes is really the only other notable guy. He's second on the team in yards, but he's kind of the guy like the other outside guy, uh, like behind banks. Um, As far as someone who can, who can win deep. He's a second year player, but he was like a low four star recruit. So he's he's six, two, he runs well, like, you know, maybe, um, you're talking about kind of a low key wide receiver factory, you know, he's probably the best candidate to be like next man up, but he's the least experienced of their like main four. Okay. Probably trying to, especially when you got all those issues with the quarterback position, uh, yeah. young, even though, like, even though he's a talented guy and they, they're really good at coaching the receivers up inconsistency is still going to plague a guy at this stage, particularly going against the defense as stout as Florida state's other part of the skill tree running back. they they actually recruited, I think, I think they're starting running back might be a, like, a, I was looking at it online on Twitter. I think it's like a four-star guy mm-hmm. from the same class as like Nick Singleton and all those dudes. Like that, that's a pre- impressive pull for, for old Dave. Have, is, yeah. have they been able to make the most of it? A lot of running yards. How, how is that position? Yeah, he is. Uh, there's there. I mean, there's two really main guys in that room. The, the veteran guy that people are more familiar with is Justin Ellison. But the guy you're referencing is DeMond Claiborne. Correct. Yeah, yeah, he was in the class of 2022. Yeah, 24-7 had him as the number uh, 149 overall prospect in the class. He was like the 10th best running back in the entire country. Yeah. Went and, and, oh, I think my – can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good, buddy. Keep oh, going. Sorry. I thought my laptop just like straight up. No, absolutely. You're fine. No, no LimeWire Pornhub viruses for you. Anyway, he was yeah. the 10th best running back in the right. country. Expound on that. Yeah, he, um, I mean, just like a really explosive, <laughs> explosive dude. Um, he has a verified 10 6. He ran 10 6 1 in high school. Like, Oof. really fast, dude. Um, yeah, he's he's the more like explosive back of the two for sure. I mean, he's a guy who's really good with the ball in his hands. He's got more carries than Ellison at this point, and a good bit more yards. Um, but he's been, yeah, he, he's. I feel like he's him and Jamal Banks are probably like the two scariest, uh, you know, Athletes. threats on their yeah. offense. Yeah, the two guys who really can can kind of hit a big play and, and put points on the board for you there. And then Justice Ellison, like I said, is kind of kind of the more veteran reliable guy who is is more well rounded. And he's he's definitely not a bad player in his own right. But Claiborne's yeah, if if Wake happens, I mean FSU's been somewhat prone to getting gashed in the run game, especially looking back to last week. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, in and out for sure. It's yeah. something that they do tend to get clean up in game. But yeah, mm-hmm. at the beginning, the first half of that Duke game, yeah, they were they were getting. And <laughs> guess it depends on who the officiating crew is going to be. <laughs> I'm expecting yeah. not to be good, depending yeah. on the level of holding that happens. But yeah, to your point, there were some misfits and miscommunications in the run game, not really setting a tight edge. 
We'll see how much Wake took from some of the other teams and have been able to attack Florida State in the perimeter, force that secondary, which is a just a really great coverage secondary. See if they are going to target some guys like Ventral Cypress in the run fit game. Took a couple of poor angles last week while being a very good pass defender. Kevin Knowles is still kind of in and out in terms of like in terms of run game defense. Will Wake take advantage of that? Will they morph their slow mesh to take advantage of that? Remains to be seen. But obviously, uh, really good stable of running backs. Ellison's always that guy that, yeah, no negative plays. Because the way to beat this Wake offense is you get them off schedule, you get negative plays, and that whole system kind of haywires. It relies on them like winning first downs and making positive plays. And Ellison's like the, one of the perfect running backs for that. He's always going to fall forward and get his three or get his four and put them in a manageable situation for the next down. Now, what about their offensive line? What are we dealing with here? I think you mentioned some injuries. Has that plagued this unit as well? Uh, it definitely has, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, it, I, against Pitt, they seem to get much healthier. Like, they got their left tackle back, which is probably the most the most notable injury they've had so far this season. And they got him back, and they started to, like, actually run the ball well um, or better than they had. I mean, like, they've they've been really bad running the ball, um, like uh, 100 and – hundred and something teen in the country, uh, EPS oh. rushing. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> but, but they got, uh, they got the left tackle back. I think they've had issues with, I mean, when one guy goes down and I think no it's depth. other guys too, to be honest. Yeah. It's no depth and you have to move guys around. They're not in the optimal spots. Um, they make mistakes as it is, but it's, it's wake Forest. It's not like a great, a lot of teams in the country have issues with, with offensive, offensive line depth and, I think Wake Forest is no different there, but um, but against Pitt, they get him back. They're able to put some guys in some better spots. And like mentioned, Demon Claiborne, he goes over 100 yards. Justice Ellison has 67 as well. Like they're able to do some stuff. And Pitt doesn't have a bad defense, so I think that's notable. Yeah, I think so too. We'll see if it's an upswing with having those guys back, or is it the the pit doesn't really care about playing for Pat Narduzzi. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on for yeah. next week too. And we will as an old enemy, we look at all the angles. So interesting. Definitely not like your mama's wake forest offensive old. Let's get to the defense and let's start with the defensive line. Florida state's offensive line kind of in a, I don't want to say banged up, but dealing with some injuries. And if you guys remember last year, this was the first game of the FSU losing streak in 2022. Wake Forest abused Florida State, particularly our, our tackles, with that wide nine technique. And I would say out of all of the games last year, Wake was the most complete loss for this team. I'd say Wake was the one that beat you the most handily. You were never really in that game at all. And a lot of it is because they dominate their defensive line really put Jordan Travis under a lot of duress. Are they going to be able to do that this year? Honestly, I mean, they they haven't uh, like actually got and gotten much pressure this year, but they also are a pretty talented group up front. They lost a lot of talent. Honestly, um, Rondo Bothroyd is kind of, the main guy who mm-hmm. who killed FSU last year, Kobe Turner's another one. Um, he's a defensive tackle for them. They were both really good. Drafted. I was, yeah, I was very, and they were well coached. They came in with a great game plan against Florida State. I mean, they knew who was in and who was out, and they targeted them ruthlessly. Yeah. And we we couldn't really recover. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, you you didn't have good personnel out there. Jason Turnitin was like 
not looking good at right tackle. You had Darius Washington, who was like super hurt, and they definitely took advantage of it. And then, yeah, it's a it's a defense who knows how to attack forward. I think um, based on this year and how, how kind of stout they've been overall. But with the defensive line, yeah, like replacing a guy like Rondell Bothroyd at defensive end, he ends up transferring to Oklahoma, um, and their defense has been super improved. Uh, and then Kobe Turner was like a third round draft pick, I think. But yeah, I mean, they do replace them. Joshine Davis is, I think, like the most notable individual guy. And he was the guy splitting reps with Rondo Bothroyd last year. Okay. And Davis kind of taken over that role and dominated it, I guess, uh, at defensive end. He's their highest rated guy by PFF, highest graded guy on their defense uh, with an 80.2 grade. But Very um, good, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's got five sacks in the year, but I interestingly uh, he's, all five came in the first three games which is they're like really trash non-con schedule. that was like e, that was the elon van yeah. the old dominion meat exactly. grinder stretch that they had. <laughs> yeah. just a real just a real murderer's row of guys right there i'm sure exactly. everybody's got great gpas all the teams they played but jesus christ <laughs> yeah that's a good point um but joshin davis yeah he's a guy who who can get pressure and whatnot but they're they're just not I think they're 119th nationally in pressure rate. Um, oh, that's not. That's not. Yeah, like, yeah that's nothing. But, that but they nothing are. To worry about. They are really good, like against the run, though. Um, which I think is maybe in larger part from the linebackers. But they're they're 36th, 35th, and uh, nationally in run success rate. And um, yeah, but other than Davis, they have. Guy named Kendron Wayman. He's like the other defensive end. He's he's pretty good. He's a reliable guy. And then they have kind of a primary rotation of three defensive tackles who they play a ton. It's kind of like just mainly them. Um, and they're it's kind of funny. They're like all like six one or six two, two hundred eighty pounds. But they all so they're all kind of undersized. But they also all like are generally explosive. They penetrate well. They just get good push in the run game, and I think that helps their linebackers stay clean and, and do a good job. It'll be interesting to see. I, I know that at least in the past, or the, the Wake has always been pretty good slashers, like attacking gaps and trying to like create havoc that way. The numbers wouldn't seem that they'd be able to do that on passing downs. I'd say that Florida State has an issue sometimes with letting guys cross their face on the offensive line. That's something that we've noticed a lot in the, uh, in our X's and O's kind of film review. And it's been, it's really something that hasn't been cleaned up to this point, particularly like buyers has been notorious mm-hmm. for kind of letting that happen. You could have a couple hard slants from that wake forest, like defensive line, like get a couple negative plays. You just don't want to give wake any life in this game. It's going to be a fairly lifeless environment. Anyway, come in, do your business, just choke the life out of them. Wrap the snuggie around the neck. Choke the life out of them. Get out of there without getting hurt. You're the better team this year. End the, end the. I can't believe I'm saying this. End the losing streak against Wake Forest <laughs> for the love. Yeah. Please do it anyway. So with that, I think that's a lot of good info about the defensive line, Dane. You mentioned that a lot of those, like those good run stuffing, good run defending numbers, might be because of the linebacker core. Are they the best unit on this defense? Like, are they are they stand out? Is it a bunch of solid veterans? Tell me about this group. I think it is probably the best. It's a um, the best unit on the team. I think it's the best. Like, it's the group that's played the most above expectation for sure, mm-hmm. and that's uh, kind of the biggest reason why they've uh, 
I guess outperformed like expectation preseason or they're not supposed to be a great defense and they've been like an actually good defense. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty deep there. They have, they definitely have like three guys who are, who are really quality players. Um, Jacob Roberts and Dylan Hazen are the two like starters. Dylan Hazen's been definitely really good. Jacob Roberts is like, I mean, honestly with, with their linebackers, they like to move them around a lot. Um, and you mentioned like, FSU kind of the offensive line finding difficulty, not letting guys cross their face, kind of dealing with different stunts and twists, whatnot. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think this is the team that can give you some issues then um, because they give you a lot of different looks and they aren't like a big unit uh, in the front, but they're, they're pretty explosive. Um, so that's, I mean, that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on, I think, but um yeah, Jacob Roberts is more of the guy they'll move around, play him like an edge at times. And then um, Dylan Hazen's just a really good middle linebacker as well. But Quincy Bryant's the third guy. Um, just kind of speaking on the depth they have, like Dylan Hazen got hurt last week and mm. Bryant stepped right in and, you know, it wasn't a concern at all. So that's that's a unit for them that's really helped them out in the run game. And being Wake Forest, they have haven't had like really good linebacker play in a while, so – think they're kind of seeing what that looks like and how much it can help them right now it does help florida state fans can attest like we we've had yeah. some pretty bad one for the for for a while it started to get better and it really does man that middle of the field when you can close that down and at least if not shut those opposing receivers out make those throwing windows windows tighter that's something that florida state's defense has been able to do a lot more this year it makes everything more difficult especially for a beat-up quarterback or a young quarterback like it's good. It's it's definitely good. So it's something to watch out for. We'll see if Florida if if the trend of like Florida State tight ends having a big game, like Jaheim Bell has had a nice couple of run of games. Is this is this a team where you try to get those tight ends going again, or maybe you try to attack some other part of this Wake defense because their linebackers are so stout? It will be an interesting it will be an interesting puzzle to solve. Speaking of other areas to attack, what about this Wake Forest secondary? Like they have not. I can confidently say by looking at their schedule, they have not gone against a receiver core like Florida State's. And I'll say that even with with or without Johnny Wilson, not sure of his status for this weekend. Um, what do you think about that unit? Keon and the boys going to eat? What do you think, Dane? Is Wake going to make it tough? Or are they going to be pesky? It's a very pesky team overall. Is their secondary pesky? Yeah, it's awake. They're always going to be pesky, man. They're very um, pesky. I feel like that's the perfect adjective. It's just so everything about them is pesky. Yeah, uh, I, I, they have they have some guys. I feel like it's kind of the theme of the old defense. Like they have a guy or two who's undersized, like, scrappy, well coached. Sure. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say talented, but that works as well. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> the the most notable guy in the whole secondary, like the best DB they have, is Kalen Carson, and he was a guy that was. I mean, he's like an NFL corner. Um, yeah. He was someone who I don't think he played in the game last year and that was supposed to be like a huge deal and then it just wasn't, but he will be playing in this game and he's like, that's who I would expect to, I mean, obviously like he's going to be the guy kind of on, on Keon Coleman the most. Um, well, anyway, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the most dangerous corner they have. It's generally a really experienced secondary. Um. Malik Mustafa is like the other most notable guy. He's a safety they have. He's been around a while. He's someone who they move around a lot. He's more of the 
I don't know. He can kind of move into the box. He can line up in the slot, whatever it is. He can do a lot of different things. But it's, I think it's a better run-stopping defense than pass defending. But but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty competent and good overall. I will say, I mean, they're kind of like a bend-don't-break style of defense. Oh, how about that? Okay. <laughs> we know all about that. We play that game. We, we do, we do. But um, But it's interesting that like they are 121st nationally as far as like a 30 yard plus plays given up on defense. Okay. They've given up 21 plays of 30 plus yards in the year. So, <laughs> and that's due to some busted coverages and stuff. So it's, it's an experienced group and they have some talent, especially Kalen Carson, but they are prone to, I would think they're prone to getting like schemed up and, and some bombs hit on them. And that's something Mike Norvell happens to be pretty good at. Yeah, that's not good. When you're when your Achilles heel is giving up the explosive, um, that's just I'm going to add a couple more points to my final prediction there. Just hearing that, I like <laughs> I like that. I'm always learning on the fly with you. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what kind of defense, like what kind of coverage Wake comes out to play against Florida State. Florida State has seen a lot of man coverage this year. A lot of teams have tried to bait Jordan Travis into throwing the one on one explosive down the field play like a lower percentage play even with the athletes that we have duke did not do that duke and i was talking about with adam and kevin kind of distant i think adam adam and kevin are smarter than me so one of those two brought it up not sure which one you guys can fight again amongst yourselves about it but anyway a kind of a disrespectful move to jordan travis because duke had played man a lot before that they played zone pretty much primarily the whole game and said, Hey, Jordan Travis, we're going to cap off Keon Coleman. And we don't think you can beat us with your arm, which is an interesting gamble. Now they lost that gamble for sure, especially by the time they got worn out. So what will wake play against Jordan Travis? Will they play man and try to bait us into the long throws? Will Mike Norvell call enough man beaters underneath in the intermediate area to beat man coverage? I think they did a much better job. There's a lot more crossing routes over the past couple of weeks. There was a lot more clever route combinations. We broke that down in the Duke film review. Or will they try to go zone and say, hey, this was an aberration. We still don't believe in Jordan Travis's arm is accurate enough over an entire game to beat us. Once again, both of those are not very good value props for Duke. And then what are you going to do? Do you want to play Florida State man? But the explosion from Jordan Travis's legs last game? Do you really want to play man against that and have Keon Coleman running down the field with your DB's backs turned to Jordan Travis? I don't know. Florida State is getting more and more difficult to defend as the weeks go on, <laughs> which is a trend that we pointed out at Knowles 24-7. The Knowles get better as the year goes on. All right, Dane, that's enough pontificating for now. <laughs> Let's get to the predictions. I'll do mine first because it's the least important. I think that Florida State is going to win this game handily. I don't think it matters which one of our friends are in, whether it is uh, Mitch Griffiths or his Guma, uh, Santino Marucci. I don't really care which one it is. Uh, I don't think they're going to score enough points. And the Wake defense will... They're probably going to shut down Florida State on the run game for the first two and a half quarters, and then we're going to start piling up some explosives on them. And then I think we have like maybe like a 20 to maybe halftime will be like 17, 20 to three. Then Florida state ends up with the victory streak snapped 44 to 10, just too much. Um, it's going to be an even worse version of the Duke game. Cause what 
Clawson is a good coach. They are a pesky team. They have a good defense and a eh, offense. It's they're just a worse, a much worse version of Duke. And I don't think that they have the athletes up front. I was surprised by the level of Duke's trench play for the first half of that game. Mm-hmm. And Wake ain't got that. 44 to 10, Florida State victory. Comfortable. Book it. <laughs> yeah, Book I, it. I, I think you said 44 points. 44. I added three after you told me about the explosive thing. Um, all right. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be, that'd be like an impressive number of points to hit against uh, a pretty respectable defense, especially in an environment like this, you know, where it kind of imply like coming out with the right energy and uh, attack. It's like ambient field at like whatever Deacon (laughs) stadium. It's very, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very just (laughs) lethargic. It's very lethargic. Um, I'm going to go. So, so wake is, I mentioned this earlier, but wake's really good in the red zone. Like they are, you know, I guess that kind of goes with the whole bend don't break thing, but I think FSU is going to kick some field goals. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 34. I'm going to go 34 to, to six. 34 to six. I like that score. Agami. Yeah. That's a good one. See your predictions. They even sound better than mine. They sound smarter. Well, guess what? Speaking of sounding smarter. Now all you guys can too. Cause you just listened to Dane talk about with the wake forest, Stephen Deacons for 32, ah, 33 minutes at this point, guys. Stick with Knowles 24-7. Recruiting just recruiting has been fun. The football team has been fun. The coverage is sparkling. Everybody does a good job. We will be there for the instant reaction Saturday after the game. Hopefully, Florida State will be 8-0. Hopefully, Dane and I will be 8-0. I'm feeling pretty good about myself undefeated, man. It's a fun time for everybody on Knowles 24-7. Unless you're not subscribed, then you're not having fun and people don't respect you or want to be around you. So fix that. Get subscribed to Knowles 24-7. And if Florida State wins, if they don't win, who knows what happens. Throw some money to the battle's end because the reason why Florida State is undefeated right now is the quality of player has uh, risen over the years. And you can thank our guys over there for that. Anyway, for Dane Draper, I am Trey Roland. Thank you all again for joining us on another just an exemplary episode if i can fluff myself for a little bit and you mostly dane of Noel thy enemy it's just it's the hottest opponent preview podcast on the market which isn't saturated and filled with a lot of people doing the same stuff as us but nobody can do it like us because i got dane and you don't keep chopping (laughs) 